Hello, hello, I'm Zachary Hines, and this is what you missed at the Straz. Welcome, I'm Zachary Hines, and I am with the ever so fabulous Leanne Day Douglas. Good morning, how are you? I'm great. Because we're talking about Pose. Yes, we are. Which also means we're talking about Madonna. Oh, gosh. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's always what you want to talk about. Yeah. Oh, if I can find a route to talk about Madonna, then I, I will never stop talking. <laughs> so, yeah, we're talking about season two. We enjoyed season one so much. We're talking about season two. But we're, we're going to leave you a cliffhanger. We're only going to talk about half of season two. Yes, this is a two-parter, folks. Yep. I mean, we had to have a Pose trilogy because we covered season one in one episode. Now we're talking about season two, part one. And next we'll conclude with the end of season two. And I feel like I want to start this off by um, an ad that actually I have hanging in my bedroom it was a call for dancers for madonna's blind ambition tour Mm -hmm. and the it's like telling saying all the different styles of dance that they're looking for vogue is one of them and it ends with wimps and wannabes need not apply (laughs) i want to i want to end every kind of uh job call or (laughs) call the artists with that (laughs) you can make that your wallpaper yes Very nice. And Damon and Ricky definitely were not wimps or wannabes. They were not. They were not. So so you got to back up and tell people what you're talking about. Yes. So we skip about a year ahead from the end of season one. It's 1990, a new decade. And Madonna's new song, Vogue, is taking the world by storm. It is. I remember when that happened. Really? Oh, Yeah. How old were you? I was one. In 1990? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was 19, man. <laughs> I was I was born on the waves of Vogue. Oh, well, it was right when I was in college. It was a big thing. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, the characters in um in Pose are only a couple years older than me at the time so oh my god were you like one of those girls in line to take the vogue classes not at all no i was not i mean i i didn't i loved the song but i didn't understand what they were doing now that i've watched pose i appreciate it much more than i did at the time um but i mean madonna started becoming famous when i was in eighth or ninth grade and she made like the lace over anything really popular and the fluorescent so we had like fluorescent um shoestrings and fluorescent everything or you have like green fluorescent lace gloves with the fingers cut off that you would wear to try to be like madonna yes yes so that was when i was in junior high so yeah it was pretty pretty fun those are good times man Oh, I'm so jealous. What a time. What a time. <laughs> yeah, so I remember. I remember when Vogue came out. It was great. It was great. 
And so. so this is the, you know, arguably the biggest, biggest, most powerful woman in music taking, uh, making her song, her new hit song, all about this underground Harlem ball culture yeah. in New York yeah. and this style of dance that they popular popularized yeah you can say it sorry i just had a mini stroke there i'm glad you're okay (laughs) yeah Um, so they're they're really really excited about it about the fact that she's making them mainstream you know yeah it's really i love blanca reminds me so much of my mom in some ways like i love that blanca was just like this is happening. This is an opportunity. She's like putting us on the map. We need to seize the moment. Like people are going to be looking for us. And like, we have an opportunity to like have our lifestyle become mainstream. And so she's like pushing everyone to like dream big and fight to like get whatever they want. Yeah. And that it really is the, the focus of the second season, right? Blanca has just come off winning mother of the year at the very end of the first season. And so now she's pushing her children to follow their dreams. So the first one she starts pushing is angel and uh, she starts pushing her to go for a modeling career. Oh my goodness. What a mom move when she was like hiding in the cab. Cause angel is working the pier again, even though she said she wouldn't. And this cab pulls up. And so Angel walks up to it like it's a a potential client. And then Blanca (laughs) rolls down the window. (laughs) What the hell are you doing out here? Yeah, it was hilarious. Yeah, yeah. So and just and she gets her to apply for the Ford. What was it called? It's like the new New face. face. Yeah, of the year of 1990. Mm -hmm. And, you know, she doesn't believe that she can be mainstream and or have opportunity like that but Blanca she just has this blind determination and belief in her children mm-hmm. that I think is so beautiful it makes me cry this this show makes me cry at least once an episode oh my gosh and this season especially was really just tugged on the heartstrings oh my god the first 10 minutes they're going to heart island to pay respects to a friend that died of ex-boyfriend of prey and i never even knew about this island i had to look it up where it's really just where they have homeless people or people who didn't have funerals or a burial unclaimed just, body it's like mm-hmm. a mass yeah un grave and uh just the image of all the you know they they're trying to find him and the woman directing them said oh the people with aids are in the back because we don't want them we don't want them infecting anybody yeah and they're like they're already dead right you know but even in death they were pushed to the side yeah denied dig even the smallest dignities and uh Season one was really powerful, but season two really, I mean, I can't, all the funeral, you know, they go, they play this whole thing each episode. There's, you know, they're going to a few different funerals and there's even a joke between Sandra Bernhardt's character, who's the doctor for Praytel and Blanca, where Praytel is like, this is my 
200th funeral. And she's like, this is my 157. You get to 300, you get a free toaster. Yeah, yeah. So just trying to bring any kind of levity to the situation because it's so horrible. Um, I can't even... I mean, I lost my best friend to cancer in 2016, and that still is devastating to me. And I can't even imagine the trauma of losing a whole family or friend group or colleagues, Mm -hmm. you know, in, in one full swoop. Yeah. And on top of that, having people just not care. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's, and, and it's really interesting watching it in the middle of a pandemic. Yeah. Um, Seriously. I know. Right. Which, and so this is, we're recording this a little bit after 4th of July weekend. I was so furious (laughs) this weekend. If you could have seen like, there probably was like steam coming up from Ebor. You probably could have seen where I, I was living. I was so mad. I saw there was a picture. Do you know Fire Island? No, I don't. So Fire Island is, is kind of like a party island in New York City. Uh, a lot of gay people go there. It's kind of like a P-town kind of thing. Um, there's lots of like white parties and circuit parties and... Um, it's very traditionally gay. They had this huge party there over the weekend. And there were like hundreds of people, no one wearing masks. There was a guy there who on social media said that he had COVID and proudly went to this party. And I'm like, if anyone should know how to act in a pandemic, it should be gay people. Learn your history. Like we we really need to do better. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And that is my TED Talk for the day. Back to fun stuff. So the whole season is about dreams. So Blanca is following her dreams as well. She's not only pushing her children into to following theirs, but she's following hers. She wants to own her own nail salon, right? Mm-hmm. And she quits her, her job from that awful boss mm-hmm. in the most perfect way because they're going to... You're starting to see in uh, a glimpse inside the protest movement act up um, to get the government and and larger society to care about all these gay people dying, predominantly gay people of color. And um, so they're staging this die-in in the church. And uh, Blanca was leaving her job but her boss needed her to take on two more clients and um, she doesn't let her leave. So she quits. And I loved it. And she said, I'm going to name my salon after Madonna's Vogue. And then I'm going to become rich and I'm going to buy this, sal- this dump from you. Yeah. I'm basically going to just run you into the ground is what she said. So, so yeah. And she does. She buys a nail salon from Patty Lapone. Patty Frickin' Lapone. <laughs> yes, she does. I was just floored when Patty Lapone made her entrance on Pose. It was perfect. Oh my God. And she's playing such a heinous woman. She's awful. She's an awful, awful woman. And um, and I was waiting for her to sing. And she does sing. 
and she just kills it, of course. Um, but yeah, she um, she is this slumlord basically, and um, like rents Blanca a storefront without a contract, so they can keep everything under the table. Which you knew that was going to come up because she was like when she was talking to Blanca. Blanca was like, shouldn't I have a contract? She's like, oh, no, you don't need need those. It'll help us both for taxes. And then it's like brought up again when like Praytel was like, you didn't get a contract? It's like, oh, this is this is going to be a plot point. Yeah, it's not going to be good. So, so yeah, she finds out that Blanca is transsexual and tries to evict her. And Blanca basically gets a lawyer and starts to fight for it. Mm-hmm. Fighting for her dream. So... At some point, I can't remember who told her, but they're like, "How can, it might have been pray tell. He was like, how can you expect your children to fight for their dreams if you're not willing to fight for your own? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it was uh, it was really cool. I really liked that. So I loved that moment because that's I feel like we needed that because Blanca has been so good at believing in others. I love that it's giving the show is giving her a dream and and showing the story of her actually believing in herself mm-hmm. and, and really taking that leadership role that it's not just believing in others. You have to also lead by example. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that was great, great plot line. I really, and it continues, it continues. There's more, there's more, but I'm not going to spoil it. Ooh, so, it's yeah. part two, a little clip. <laughs> such a I know, I know. So, uh, but my very favorite, plot line of the season was Electra becoming a dominatrix. <laughs> that there was no more fitting career for Electra. Well, I mean, a- right? I mean, she's just she gets to beat people. Physically beat people. I literally want my alarm to just be Electra saying <laughs> with a whip snatch <laughs> pow <laughs> yeah so <laughs> oh it like oh when she was paul his name was paul yeah she was yelling at him oh well i mean it, it was just like she's like i finally found a career that's perfect for me you know and she's just like dressed up in this dominatrix costume and she's got these like two inch long nails and she's just beating this guy and he's just loving it. And it's hilarious. And she's making money hand over fist doing this. So like her, her, she was, she's a hostess at this really upscale restaurant, which is also perfect for her because she gets to tell people that you're not good enough to come in here, go away, right. you know, and they pay, pay her. So yeah, so she's she's got this second career as a dominatrix and it's perfect for her and she's like I can't believe I finally found the perfect career for myself. So but then things go awry. So things go awry really badly. She's got a client Paul who um likes to do drugs. Yes, never trust a man who likes to do an inordinate amount of poppers. <laughs> yes, yes. So he's um, he's doing drugs and she has him in a hood and like a gas mask. Yeah, he was like, I have this gas mask that will time release the drugs. The drug, yeah. Over time. So that, you know, I pay you by the hour so you'll get more out, more money out of me. And so 
he was like, I, I, give me 20 minutes for it to kick in. And so she goes, she like does her nails. There's like a fabulous montage of Electra just waiting fashionably. <laughs> her, she had a cup of tea. I loved that. She was like making a cup of tea right <laughs> before she was about to. <laughs> like whip this guy into submission right right so so yeah and she goes back in and he has overdosed and he's dead yeah he choked on his vomit which is just disgusting it was so disgusting it was gross so then she goes to blanca and she's this is this is why i love electra because the like the show gets you right to the point where you're like she is horrible and then they show like these vulnerable moments of her and you're like they pull you back and then they say oh but look she's so wonderful and then she just reads you on the street in front of all your friends and they <laughs> pull you back it's like oh my gosh i just can't believe that just happened so well i like she, i think she was talking she was saying like you know we fight like alley cats but when someone from the outside tries to come for us we fall in line Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I loved that I was like yes it's like it there's so much about family and that felt very family you know that mm-hmm. they only they can kind of fight among themselves and be awful to each other <laughs> but if someone else who's not family comes for them they will have each other's back which right right so Blanca of course this sweet Blanca wants to do the traditionally right thing to do to call the cops and the popo they say the the popo (laughs) and you know this is the time where this is the one time where i disagree with blanca because you know as as we learn from because so electra is like hell no (laughs) now i shouldn't have what am i even doing here let's taking advice from you i'm gonna go to candy she's the one who can help me in this kind of situation so she goes to Candy, and Candy knows knows a person who, to try to dissuade them from calling the Popo, who was a sex worker. Uh, a man started hit. The man started hitting her. She hit back. The police caught them, and of course, they believed. They believed the man. The man. Yeah, they believed the man and took her off to jail. And as a transsexual woman of color. Of course, she ends up in jail cell with other men. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, it's not not a good situation. It's never been traditionally a good situation for transsexual women of color. They're always in such a bad position. And um, we're used to being beaten and jailed and nobody cares. Right. You know? so, so she's like, you do not want to end up in Rikers. That is the last place you want to be. So you are a fool if you call the police. And think that they'll help you. Yeah. And the whole time, this guy's body is just in the the Hellfire Club. In the sling. (laughs) In the sling. Yeah. So then while they're trying to figure out what to do, because she left. She like ran out of there on her six inch heels and uh, to try to get help to find out what to do. It was hilarious. So, yeah. So she... um, they end up going to Candy and Electra go to Ms. Orlando, who is the underground woman who injects fake silicone into the um, 
trans women so that they can have a rear end and boobs and stuff like that for a lot less than it would cost if they went through traditional surgery. Right. And she's also apparently very good at cleaning up. At cleaning up this kind of mess. Right. I love when they they were like, we know that you're good at this because so-and-so died and you were the last after getting an injection from you. And she's like, I only sell the good stuff. She just, she just had some bad, a bad reaction. Bad reaction. Yeah. She had a bad reaction. Yeah. So, so, so yeah. So they get her to help basically help Electra hide the body. Yeah. So now Electra has a literal skeleton in her closet. Well, it's not a skeleton yet because it spends yet. a good time of the season rotting in her closet. <laughs> so they get, what was it? Was it, was it pleather that they got? Pleather. They got pleather. They got it doesn't a, uh, leak. It doesn't leak. So they have a, a body-sized piece of pleather. They put him in a suitcase to get him back to Electra's apartment. And this is like high-class apartment. She's got this huge walk-in closet for all her furs and stuff. And they put him in pleather and they dust him with, was it lye? Yeah, I think so. They dust him with lye for the smell quote unquote, for the smell, it masked the smell. And um, she said, you have to sew it up tight so it doesn't leak. Because as he starts to decompose, it's going to start to leak. So make sure there's no holes or anything. So they're like stitching up this. And the episode is called Butterfly Cocoon. So they're stitching him up in like this cocoon of pleather so he can decompose in her closet and they dump him in a trunk and put the trunk in the back of her closet and he decomposes there all summer long. <laughs> I will say one of my favorite moments from that episode was when another moment of Electra's humanity when she tells Blanca to go to her room because she doesn't want her she knows that she's going to be going through with hiding the body and she doesn't want Blanca to be implicated in any way to know anything about what happened, what the plan is. Yeah. So she was like, I need you to go. I, you can't hear this. Yeah. And the thing I liked about season two is you see a lot more of Electra's humanity and her love for the girls. And I think, I feel like you see that because she's taking out all her aggression on her clients. Yeah, it really is. That's such a healthy. Yeah, it's like she gets to beat them and she's much nicer to her family. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. She just has a lot of, you know, I love that her, you know, there was a, especially because I'm from New Jersey. So she had her flipping table moment. Well, that becomes her signature move, right? She says, This is my new signature move, flipping over the dining room table. I know, because viewers, you're not only treated to one table flip. You get one. I, I I was happy with that one. I was like, oh, I died and went to heaven. An electric table flip. And then she leaves Blanca. She leaves the house of Evangelista and goes in to live with Candy and her house. And then they're trying to, for dinner, they're serving Slim Fast and popcorn. And so she, she leaves in an uproar and she throws the tablecloth <laughs> and everything flies yeah she's like this is my like, new what was that yeah my new signature move snap <laughs> so yeah it was fabulous uh the single best exit <laughs> and so the other dream that we're following 
before, but actually, before we get to this, can we just talk about my the character who makes me swoon every single time he's on screen, and it is Poppy. Oh, little Poppy. Poppy. The love story between Angel and Pop. Finally, finally, he, they get together officially because she thinks she does. She doesn't get the Ford modeling thing so she's she's all upset and he goes to console her and they kiss and then he's kind of sulking because he thinks that she just kissed him because she was sad right but they they then actually legitimize things they make a date he's going to take her to this really fancy restaurant and he's all excited and then she's getting ready for it, but then gets a call from the Ford modeling agency that they have something for her for wet and wild. And um, she goes on the shoot and she's about to leave for her date. And they're like, oh no, we have you booked until nine o'clock. Do you want to be a social butterfly or do you want to be a star? Yeah. And so she chooses being a star and leaves Poppy, stands him up, and see, the great thing about that was, I'm like watching this with my husband and he says, why didn't she just call him? And I'm like, it was the early 90s. People didn't have cell phones. No way to call him. He's standing outside the restaurant. You know, it's not like she has the number to the restaurant because she doesn't have a cell phone, can't look it up. And he was like, she could have called 411 information and had the operator connect her to the restaurant. And I'm like, well, I guess so, but that cost money back then. She didn't have any money. Right. So it's like, whose phone is she supposed to use to call the operator? You know, so there was no way to tell him, I'm not going to make it. So he gets just blind stood up. I know, he was sitting, oh, but I love, because they have their confrontation and she's like, but I had a good reason and, and says why she's so excited. And he's like, I'm so excited for you, but also you really hurt me. And I, like you were, this is your dream, but you're my dream. Oh, it just like makes me cry even thinking about it. Oh, <laughs> it's so beautiful. Cause he's like, no, don't apologize. This is, this is exactly what you want, but don't take me for granted because I'm, I'm just as great as this. Yeah. 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 Oh, so Poppy, Pop, and oh, and when Poppy finds out that Blanca has AIDS, and is like, "I will fight. I will do whatever you need." Oh, Poppy is just the best. He I love is. Poppy. He's like, even if you have a sniffle, you just come to me. You know, it was just so so sweet. He's just like bawling while he's saying that to her, and it's just the sweetest moment. So I'm a little nervous because they. They seem to be reinforcing that he's working double shifts. I'm a little nervous that he is doing something he shouldn't be doing. Okay. Well, I've watched further than you. So I know. Well, not- no spoilers. I'm just saying. I'm just, I'm just stating it, but I'm just, it's just like the, oh, you didn't have a contract? Mona, like, <laughs> he said it a few too many times and it's been like a little too vague that I'm like, uh. There's, they're setting us up. They're, they're also building us up to love Poppy so much. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. 
The other storyline that we need to cover is Damon and Rick because da- so Damon, it they they kind of in the first few episodes I was kind of like he didn't really get a lot of I was like what happened to Damon and dance his whole dance dream that was like right the dream of season one but then they they work it back in and he's because Blanca has him teaching voguing classes at the YMCA right um, because she knew that all these. All Bridging these, tunnel crowds. They're going to want to learn. Yeah. I love when they're interviewing. They're, they're like, why are you here? They're like, Madonna. <laughs> <laughs> that would be me. I would be <laughs> taking Damon's voguing class. Little one-year-old Zach was there. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so there's a scout who is just like, oh my God, I would have died. I would have died. She was like, on the back of this business card is the address to show up for the audition for Madonna's Blonde Ambition Tour. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh. And so Damon gets an invite to audition, but so does Ricky, who they both broke up pretty early in the season because Ricky is a no good cheat. He's a no good cheater. Yes, he is. And I'm so glad that Damon had the strength to be like, no, I I need to, I can't do this. I need to like spend time for myself. I know, even though you said you didn't, I know you did cheat. And so they break up and Ricky joined the house of Wintour, which is Electra's new house. Right. So Electra is determined to become Madonna's best friend. Right. Which I can totally, I can relate. Me too, Electra. Me too. <laughs> and so it's a battle between Ricky and Damon to see who can get onto Madonna's Blind Ambition tour. And Electra is throwing all her money at the problem to like get Ricky into Madonna quality style mm-hmm. and style. And um, but she's also playing dirty. Of course. Um, because she takes the ha- candy's hammer and says, whoever throws this hammer on Damon's foot, I will let you come with me to be Madonna's best friend. <laughs> <laughs> So, of course, her children in her house are not down for that. So they end up telling Blanca what's going on. And um, Blanca um, goes to Electra and is like, no, you are not doing this. They can do this fair and square. And this is not happening, basically. Right. Because if either of them get it, it's a win for all of us. That's right. That's right. And I love because I was actually I was that was another moment where they play with my emotions with Electra because I was like, Electra, how could you do this? Don't do this. This is so evil. And well, it was a very Tanya Harding like, moment, right? I know. It was like the original <laughs> Tanya Harding, Electra. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. She's like, they were like, what do you say? Like, how would you tell them? Like, oh, sorry, I just dropped this hammer. And she's like, just say, oh, I just put on this extra lubricated hand lotion <laughs> and the hammer just slipped out of my hands that's funny that's funny so the last thing we need to talk about and then we're gonna cliffhang everybody for the last bit of season two is the candy storyline 
Yes. So this was probably the saddest thing in season two. And it was overall, I thought it was a pretty sad season. I mean, there were a lot of really heart wrenching moments during this season. Yeah. Every episode I'm in tears. Yes. So Candy, she's a sex worker. Um, and you know, they go back and forth during the show about, you know, you shouldn't be doing this. This is very dangerous. Um, and they're like, but I don't have any other way of making money. How am I going to make money? But you shouldn't be doing this. Let's find you something else. And so she ends up going back into the sex trade without most of her family knowing. Mm -hmm. Um, and, but Lulu, who is house mother, co-mother with her in the house of ferocity, um, is like, she, she doesn't come home one night. And so she, Lulu goes to Blanca. Does she go to Blanca? I think she goes to Blanca. And is like, um, yes, mm-hmm. he didn't come home. Candy didn't come home. I don't know what to do. And she's like, she, she basically turns tricks over at this hotel. So they go over to the hotel and are trying to bribe the, the guy at the desk to let them into the room. Um, he won't. Um, so she, they leave his, her Candy's picture and her, and their phone number in case he sees anything, hears anything, please call us, let us know or whatever. And so they end up finding out later, they, like he sends the maid into the room because the room is, they don't turn the key back in and it's been a really long time and they basically rent those rooms by the hour so he's kind of like, I need to find out what's going on. So he sent the maid up to clean the room. And of course she finds Candy murdered in, and left in the closet. Mm. And they were building, and Candy was such an interesting character because she was not very, uh, you know, she always, she was not as polished as everyone else. Like all of, every time she tried to perform, it kind of fell flat, but she, I loved Electra at one point was like, Candy wasn't a thinker. She was a doer. She, she didn't have time to sit around and think about how am I going to do this? She just did it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, she was really good at one category. She could do face. face, the face category, but she always tried the Vogue category and she couldn't Vogue. And they kept saying, pray tell was like, girl, you are not a dancer. <laughs> yeah. She just, she just could not do any of it. She couldn't walk. Um, runway she couldn't do any of it but the one thing she really was good at it and she wanted to do and was trying to convince them to add the category of lip sync and they were like no we're not going to add that category that's stupid um that's just and she's like but this is what i'm good at and i can be a star at this and pray tell was like you kill face category every single time why can't you be content with that and stop trying to be what you're not and, um, and she's just like, you know, you never liked me. You always throw shade, you know, and, and so she's got this attitude and she doesn't really come across very likable at all. Well, she puts her, throws either her hammer or draws a knife on people. Yeah. When she got into the knife fight with Electra on the ballroom floor, that was just like classic. That was Oh my classic. God. Electra pulling out the knife. From her bra. Oh my God. <laughs> so yeah. So, so it was really interesting to see how they all came out for her. And, and they all had kind of, so, and, and the episode I thought did a really cool thing with have they each kind of main character had a conversation with 
Candy's ghost, pretty much, mm-hmm. um, throughout the funeral. And uh, Candy's birth parents even come to the funeral at the end. And there's a really moving conversation between her and her mother and her father and how, you know, they, they weren't able to accept her for who she was. And um, this season, I think, was so, so far, is so powerful, particularly in this moment with just everything that's going on with Black Lives Matter and, you know, looking at a time when people didn't care about these lives Mm -hmm. and, you know, people were dying in mass and no one cared. And, and even the, the storyline with Electra hiding the dead body, there's so many storylines that are about these characters don't have any other option. There, there Mm -hmm. are no choices. And like, I love when Electra's praying over the body of Paul and is like, dear God, we, we know that he deserves better than this, but this is our only option. And if right. we had other options, we would do anything but this, but this is, this is what we have to do. And same with like, and, it, and it's still happening today with, um, you know, a lot of trans women, particularly trans women of color are forced into sex work because that's the only work that they can get. And that work is, you know, that puts them in more danger and makes them more vulnerable to violence. Um, And even though this is set in 1990, you know, just we're six months into this year and already uh, 21 trans people, predominantly trans people of color, have been murdered in the United States, according to the Human Rights Campaign. And so this is still very much a very active issue that um, needs to be a part of the conversation because um, the stories like Candy's are still happening today Mm -hmm. in far too high of a number. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, it was a really interesting storyline. I found it... um, I was... they didn't want her to end up in a mass grave like all of their friends ended up in a mass grave, their friends who died of AIDS, who were unclaimed. And so they end up bribing the um, the guy at the morgue, basically, to release her body to them. And they take all of their money from their dues at the balls to pay for her funeral and um, for her to have a real funeral and... Um, it was really beautiful. It was very sad, very sad. But at the end, Pray Tell adds a lip sync category to the balls to honor Miss Candy. And, <laughs> uh, and at the end, they have her ghost come in and lip sync. Uh, I never knew love like this before. I never knew. What is it? Love. <laughs> oh, you don't even know the song. I never knew love like this before. I don't know what you were thinking of. It's crazy. Okay, so so next week. Ooh. Next week we're gonna talk teases. about give me 
Give me some teas. I don't know if I can tease. Okay, so so there are two characters that start dating that are an unlikely couple. We got a May December romance. Um the girls take a trip to the beach, which is a combo vacation and electro working. So chew on that. And uh, they add a new category. Oh, yeah. I can't wait to see how this unfolds. They add a new category. So to the to the balls. So so that's what's going on. So we'll be talking about that next week. All right. Till then, take care of yourself, take care of each other, and we'll catch you next week. Bye.